What's Trending. All right, let's check in on the hot topics. Trending, trending, trending. All right, number one on what's trending. We know the Big 12 tournament is underway as of last night, and then today we'll have a couple of the local schools in action, KU and K-State. But the breaking news earlier today announced by the University of Kansas that head coach Bill Self will miss today's Big 12 quarterfinal against West Virginia, which is slated to tip off at 2 o'clock at T-Mobile Center. As uh, he recovers from what they're calling an illness, assistant coach Norm Roberts will serve as the acting head coach today. Uh, They also mentioned that Self is doing well, receiving great care at the University of Kansas Health System. We had Matt Tate on from KUSports.com earlier today. He said he was told at least that the long-term prognosis for Bill Self is positive. But that's all we know officially at this point in time. Uh, Well, I'm assuming learn a little bit more uh, after today's game uh, when some of the coaches will speak and players will speak. And then if KU were to win today against West Virginia, then we'll find out about the idea of him tomorrow I, I think as we were discussing earlier probably unlikely that even if KU wins over the next couple days that Bill Self would be available to coach the rest of the weekend but thoughts to, to Bill Self to him and his family K-State is in action tonight mm-hmm. they will take on TCU Dusty Likens as I, I pointed out is wearing the nice lavender quarter zip he is ready for the Wildcats E-maw, game baby. either that or you're rooting for TCU they're both purple so I don't know E-maw, baby. lavender is more of a K-State Jerome Pootie Tang Wildcats let's rock this thing out baby <laughs> Sanyo Pity on the runny kind. Sadate, baby. I like Jerome Pootie Tang, man. That guy's got some sauce. I like sauce. Jerome Tang a lot, too. That guy's got some sauce. Pulls out that salt and pepper look real nice. Also, what's <laughs> trending, uh, the Jets uh, growing optimism that they will lean as to signing Aaron Rodgers. New York Jets are becoming more optimistic uh, that their chances are landing quarterback Aaron Rodgers are more positive than you think. Sources close to the situation told ESPN's Diana Rossini. Man, she's beautiful. Uh, that the Jets increasing optimism follows their meeting this week with the Green Bay Packers quarterback. Um, Rodgers is out of the black hole. He's no longer naked, getting food from a, a slit in the wall, and he's uh, he's seen his future. So, well, I don't know if he's seen his future. He still hasn't decided. It's ridiculous. Let's go I think away. I think he's seen it. He just likes the the tension. Okay. Yeah. So I think I mean I think New York media is where he really wants to go. I think that's where he's where he's really really wants to be. New York. And it, is this not? Coincidental or ironic to anyone else that he is following the exact no, same career path as Brett Favre. The only oh. thing they got to worry about is sideline reporters and camera oh. phones. What was her name? Jen Sturger? I don't know. That is correct. I remember that Favre sent the pictures and what gave it away was the mole and the Crocs he was wearing. <laughs> the fact that you remember there was some Where mole. was the mole Yeah, at? the fact that you remember the mole is a little weird. I think it was near the head. And then he had Crocs on that I think his wife had given him for a present. That's how she knew. Or it was a watch, one of the two. Maybe not a mole. (laughs) What? That was literally. What do you want? The only evidence you have are like three things. Shoes, member, and hand. You know, some people take it from below, shooting up, so you can get the face in the background. Are you speaking from experience? <laughs> no, I've just oh, read about it. You got it. an OnlyFans when you know that? I've read about it. You've read about it. I okay. read about it mm. actively. He had next, only pants on the other night when he soiled himself. Next up on what's trending, the Players' Championship going on. I know Dusty and Nick are both excited. They've been locked in throughout the entire show on this as well. First round action. Uh, we got a new leader, though. Who's this Ramey guy? He just took the lead. He's he eight under. He Never heard of him in my he, life. He won't Chad, be there tomorrow. Chad Ramey. That's good. Homeless from the Pine Needles on a bet plus eighteen hundred yeah, for a homeless tee shot. Kyle Morikawa is uh, one stroke off the lead at seven under. A group of what? Spieth uh, and uh, Justin Thomas is that right? Just teed off as well. Yeah, so. Homa, 
Thomas and Spieth, and Homa put his second shot on the French. So we're good. We're good. We'll be all right. Somebody says, nice to hear Dusty again behind the glass, <laughs> and Nick doing a great job co-hosting. <laughs> That's right. They That's think right. you guys sound alike. That's the joke there. Doing great today, Nick. You're doing, I, think, I think Dusty's doing a good job pushing the right buttons. Yeah. Thank Agreed. you. Agreed. Nick, you, Nick, do you want to get to the next What's Trending? Or the top of the text line. You don't want to? Somebody's saying that I'm horny as hell today. Respect it. Are you? <laughs> Normal level of horniness for me. All Dusty. right, Dusty's checking in. Yeah. Nick, what about you? I'm doing really good, you know? I think uh, I think, I think my, my Jayhawks will do good against West Virginia today, and I'm, you know, once that game gets going, I'll have to take the sweatpants off. Oh, wow. Okay. That's what's trending today on Cody and Gold. Okay. Alex Gold, Dusty Likens, Nick Schwert with you. You don't want to talk about the World Baseball Classic? We can talk baseball with Vern coming up in about 25 minutes or so. Josh Vern, you're our Royals insider. He's in Surprise, Arizona. I want to talk to him about, uh, obviously, a lot of the guys that are missing right now because they're at the World Baseball Classic, but Jackie Bradley Jr. made his Royals debut yesterday. He looked good last he, night. He, he did look good. Our Dylan guy, C's. Michael Massey, hit a grand slam, although uh, did hurt his ankle. We'll ask Vern about the ankle injury. Hopefully something minor. Sounds like maybe he'll be good to go in a couple days. But, yeah, Dylan Cease, they they destroyed him last night. He couldn't find strikes, though. That was weird. Couldn't find strikes. I forgot about that rule in spring training. You can pull the pitcher out and then put him back in because they pulled Cease after giving up five runs in, like, the first third of the inning. And then they brought him back out, and then it was 11-0. And I was like, all right, I don't need to. Did you guys watch that at all last night, any of the game? Do any of you guys have Bally's? I saw the highlight of the Massey okay. home run was it. And I listened. I was in my car for a few minutes. And I listened on 610. Jake Eisenberg was on the call here. He's great, by the way. He is fantastic. He's good for uh, interviews, too. He's pretty funny. We had him on After Hours a couple days ago. He was, he was, he was good. He was good. Jake Eisenberg. Sounds like a Breaking Bad character. Oh, because you're thinking of Heisenberg. Heisenberg, Heisenberg. yeah. Okay. All right, I got you. Breaking Bad, better show than The Wire, yes or no? So I know it's not a popular opinion. I love Breaking Bad. The Wire is very, very good. I'll I'll lean Breaking Bad. I know that's most people would disagree with me on that, but I'll lean Breaking Bad. Breaking Bad, Game of Thrones. Game of Thrones. Game of Thrones, Sopranos. Sopranos. Okay. I wonder if that was the the top for Mr. Cody's never seen Sopranos. Not surprising. He's played the role of a soprano with many songs that he sings on this show, but he's never seen The Sopranos. Nice job, yeah. Nick. Good job, Nick. Thank you. <laughs> I don't know what that was. Who was yeah, that? Yeah, what was that, Nick? Who was that? I don't know, Dusty. Somebody says, but are your nipples hard? Today, yes. It's like 37. And... Today sucks. <laughs> like, watching that game last night, Lefevre just rolls right into the game. Like, today's 77. Disappointing because from here on out it's 80s in Arizona. I'm just like, good God, like just to have that weather year round. But hey, you know, lose an hour of sleep on Saturday or on Sunday night, and then we get to uh, bright mornings and bright evenings. That's I'm all fine, for man. it. You um, know what I mean? Not being dark at six o'clock, six thirty, and stuff. I'm I'm all about that. Right. Let, let's talk more about Orlando Brown Jr. though, okay. because we've got a little bit of new information, at least on what a former agent believes he can get on the open market. We know Kansas City has gone ahead and said, hey, we'll let you talk to some other teams. We'll let you go ahead and test the market. Let's get a real deadline going. Joel Corey, who used to be an NFL agent, now does some work over at CBS Sports. He just released uh, his prediction mm-hmm. on Orlando Brown Jr. Here's what it is. $94 million, <laughs> four years, $23.5 million per year, $62.5 guaranteed, $51.5 fully guaranteed at signing. That's what he believes Orlando Brown Jr. can get on the uh, open market. Mm. Now, the per-year average... 
this is where it gets confusing because last year the, the Chiefs will claim that they offered him a deal that was $23 million per year, but we all know that was a little funky math, correct? fuzzy numbers, whatever you want to say about that. This one is also, yes, four for 94, the key number, $62.5 million guaranteed. Ugh. I do think, like, so the, if I'm the Chiefs, no, I'm not interested in that, but I do think there's a team out there that will be willing to do that, Dusty. I, I think yeah, there's the a team that has, the, yeah, that has the cap space. <laughs> that is, is looking to go ahead and sure up their left tackle spot. That is in a different period where they're not paying their quarterback $45 million next year, where they, they can spend their, you know, and, and pay their, their left tackle big time mm-hmm. money. I don't know. This is uh, news to you. Someone says, am I the only person who thinks Cody and gold sound way more alike than Nick and dusty? I don't think, Cody, I don't <laughs> think Cody and I sound alike at all. I don't think anybody has ever said that before. Yeah, I don't think Cody and I sound alike. Somebody has all. from the 913. Um, but to go back to your Orlando yeah. Brown thing, that screams a team that has a lot of money to spend and a quarterback to protect. Uh, hello, Chicago Bears is where I think that contract could fit very suitably for the uh, for the one Orlando Brown Jr. camp. I think he's going to go somewhere that, that needs to spend money on a position that they need uh, in order to move forward with their team. I don't think the Chiefs necessarily need to pay a left tackle right now, at least in their system, uh, a ton of money. And I don't think they're going to. The Ravens didn't do it. The Chiefs aren't doing it. Somebody will do it. And uh, we'll, you know, good luck with Orlando Brown and his future. So last year, this was in July, mm-hmm. right around the franchise, uh, the long-term deal deadline to get it with Orlando Brown Jr. Mm-hmm. This was the actual deal the Chiefs put out there to Orlando Brown Jr. that was rejected. Six years, mm-hmm. 139 came out to an average of the 23.16, but only 30.25 on the signing bonus, 95 million in the first five years. But again, that was a deal that, you know, the, the, the key nine, the key number was 95, right? It was paid over the first five years and they could prorate that. So the six year, the contract, none of that really counted, right? That was, fu- that was fu- phony money almost. Mm-hmm. Uh, so really they were offering a five year contract with the annual value of 19 million. So that's that's where that's why they weren't able to get a, done, a deal right. done last year round. So now, if you base it off of the Joel Corey projection, it's back to the twenty three million dollar number, and I think right. it's a real twenty three million dollar number that he's going to be looking for. So if they do draft a left tackle. Do you let Joe Tooney play left tackle while you, or do you keep that all left guard? And and you're not. I, I see it all the time. You're certainly not alone. And yeah. I don't get the idea of sure. Joe Tooney playing left tackle because he what, can. I, I think what right. happened is. He came in for a half, mm-hmm. played it, played well. Nobody's denying that. He's a hell of a football player. And all of a sudden, we saw two quarters of Joe Tooney playing left tackle. And there's this notion and idea that, oh, he can just play 17 games a year at left tackle and is going to be better than sure. Orlando Brown Jr. Yeah. No, I, I disagree. I, I don't believe that's the part of the plan, no. He's the guy that in the third third or fourth quarter, if you're down two offensive linemen and you need a left tackle, if you do what you did in that situation, you just move him over. He's not a long-term answer left tackle. Sure. But they're going to have to redo that that Tooney number, too, because his That's number's very high. getting up there, man. Um, and then people bring up the thoughts of Taylor Luan. Yeah, you injuries saw his tweet. You saw yeah, that tweet at yesterday. At Chiefs, yeah. A lot of injuries, kind of a scumbag. Did he, like, spit? He, did he, was he the one that, like, spit in somebody's face? I don't know enough about him on that end. I to, thought to, he was somebody that did something like that, like, on the field, like, did some scumbaggerishy stuff. I don't know. I know he's got a, one of the very, very popular podcast. Uh, yeah. Busting with the boys that they make millions of dollars a year off of. And they made the hilarious Titans photo where he's like sitting in the wheelchair. He's like, seriously, yeah. this yeah. is he's, it? Fun. he's a great personality. Would be incredible to have on the team from that angle. Yeah. Um, my concern is what you said is the, the injury history. The guys it's had multiple knee injuries. Back to back. Like, on the, was it the same leg or was it different legs? If, uh, I think it was the same. If, if you want to bring him in as 
a body and someone that you're not relying on and you want to draft a left tackle right. and, and have him part of the conversation in camp and see if he can beat out the rookie and all that, that's different. But you cannot go and say, oh, we got we signed Taylor Lewan. We're good. We're right, good. Yeah. We yeah. don't have to worry about anything else at left tackle. That can't be the, the plan. Also, I feel like this is like the worst slash best time for sports radio with the Chiefs because – Everyone has an idea, yeah. but no one knows what Brett Veach is holding in his hand. Exactly. And that's like the greatest thing ever for Veach because I always give it the poker player analysis, like you're playing cards. And like, there's always one guy, you know, like, like a Pete Sweeney, who's just going to put a bunch of chips in to like scare you off the table. And you know, <laughs> oh, you got Pete under, figured out. Playing I think poker. so. And I think underneath his hand, you could see, you know, he's probably rocking a seven and a nine. He just wants people to get out because he's chasing a straight. Whereas that's kind of like. Brett Veach, like, you don't know if he's bluffing or if he's got a massive hand of rockets underneath his cards. And, like, then it comes out and you're like, see, here's the deal. Like, we didn't know it. They signed this free agent. They're drafted. It's just, well, that- it's tough, man. And it, it's great for us because realistically, like, everyone driving around listening to this fantastic program, you're on the same boat as we are. Like, we we might read more into the tea leaves. We might find more interesting stuff on in the internet as, as much as you guys might not research. But, again, at the end of the day, like, Brett Veach is the biggest enigma when it comes to this time of year, and it's fantastic. Well, this is why the NFL is king, because yeah. the offseason transactions are more interesting at times for a lot of people, unless you're in Kansas City where you're winning Super Bowls. But for a lot of people, a lot of NFL fans, the offseason, that's as excited as you ever get. Yeah, We're just spoiled that we get it year-round now. But to your point, yeah, Brett Veach, go back to uh, last offseason, go back to two offseasons mm-hmm. ago. Well, we, you know, Everybody freaked out when they didn't land Trent Williams. Oh my gosh! What are they doing? They're sitting on their ass, Dusty. Yeah. They're not getting. They didn't get Trent Williams. And then fast forward, they went to Plan B, C. We don't know what real plan Orlando Brown Jr. was, mm-hmm. but they made that trade, and I still will say it was a very successful trade. You got yeah. two years, you won a ring, and you got Bolton out of the deal, and and, and you ended up getting in that with the draft <laughs> yeah. pick as well. So there's clearly a plan of not tagging for, uh, Orlando Brown Jr. I do believe that they would still love to get a long term deal done. It's just again. The, the money difference, I don't think will be a gap they can close. I'll, I'll, I'll still keep it around 20, 25% chance that they get a long-term deal done with Orlando Brown Jr. But the same thing with Juju. You and I were talking about D-Hop earlier. Mm-hmm. They have a plan in place. Doesn't mean they don't shift from that because plan A all the way through the offseason never happens for right. any team. There's yeah. always surprise signings, and you didn't realize some team was willing to get to this dollar amount. They think they can project it out, but there's always surprises. But I, I think at this point... Uh, you have plenty of faith and trust in Brett Veach, so much so that ESPN put out an article actually just a day or two ago that they every every NFL team's last five years best signing, worst signing, and I think this tells you how much they've nailed it over the last couple of years. The worst signing they listed for the Chiefs over the last five years. Maybe do you have a guess? You haven't seen the article, I don't think. No. Do you have a guess who the worst signing of the last five years have been for the Kansas City Chiefs? Yeah. Mm. No. They put Anthony Hitchens. Well, the deal, five years, 45 okay. was high. Yeah. You won a Super Bowl with him. He was a starter all the way through for you. He was a mold if in that's that locker the, room, if that's the wor- like, If that's the worst, though, like, if that's the worst, that's pretty I- impressive. The best one, by the way, they listed was Tyron Matthew. Yeah, he's going to go down with one of the better free him and, and Change you know, one the defense, of the best free agent Bowl. signings. Yeah. And, but my point being, if Anthony Hitchens is the worst one, you can do a lot worse of your five-year track of free agent signing. They've been really good about not handing out bad contracts. Sure. And which is why I think they're being really cautious with the Orlando Brown situation. If your name is not Kelsey, Jones, or Mahomes, they're not going to pay you the highest dollar amount for your position. They're just not. Yeah, I think it, it Binks kind of said this too, and I think there's like audio on McAfee's show and Veach joined him, and it's like, Andy Reid and Brett Veach have their 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 guys that are like what you would consider untouchable, not going to move them. Like, we'll build around this. Everybody else is fair game. And I think you nail it. You know, when you think about 
Kelsey, Mahomes. Outside of that, I mean, the rookies obviously because you don't have to you don't have to touch their contract, but. You know, it's also the the time of year of like where the luxurious need conversation goes as well with all this kind of conversation. And I think looking at other teams' worst signings, it reminds you of not to be guilty uh, and get sucked into the idea like, oh, there's a there's a big name available, and you feel like, guy, you have to go out and and sign them. Mm-hmm. You know how many years we sat on this show from from the very first year we did the show, and everybody's like, got to get Will Fuller, got to get Will Fuller. Mm-hmm. He's listed as the worst signing for the Dolphins in the last five years. Yeah, he won't ever play in the NFL again. Right. He, but, like, that was someone everybody really wanted. About a year or so ago, Brandon Cooks was the hot name, and I guess his name's coming back up a little bit. Yeah. But, like, just because someone's available doesn't mean you have to pounce on them immediately and sign them. So who's this year? Odell Beckham Jr.? Probably, yeah. DeAndre I mean, Hopkins? If you, told me, if you told me Beckham was available still in, like, April or May, hadn't signed, and I can get him on a one-year juju incentive deal where it's, like, could become 10, 11, 12 million, right. I would still be interested at that. But, yeah, I, I mean – Odell Beckham Jr. would scare the hell out of me. Because I saw an article, too, that most teams that that will go big in free agency, it normally doesn't work out for them in the offseason. Now the Rams are probably the anomaly for that because they won a Super Bowl. But look where their franchise is now. Dumping all those picks, signing all those veteran players – they were arguably one of the worst teams in the NFC last year. But they got because, a ring, so it was worth they it. Got a ring, they got a ring. But now their franchise is where? Where do they go from there? Yeah, I don't. They're, they're obviously in trouble, but I don't think Sean McVay would have come back to the Rams if he thought they were going to be like bottom right. five team. There's a report. It's funny you bring up the Rams in the last five minutes or so. Mm. A guy that's blocked from our show, Nick Michael. Don't Lombardi. even say it. Do not uh-huh. even say it. Do not Michael, spread this misinformation. Michael Lombardi. Mm. The who's trophy. Not, the guy's smut. The guy's <laughs> reality he's TV not smut. Show. He's not allowed on this show anymore, Dusty. Because of Nick? Uh, no, because we had him on a couple a year or so ago, and five minutes in the interview, he said, hey, "I got to go record podcast, guys. I'll talk to you later." Oh, he pushed um, you to the side. He did. He did. <laughs> uh, but he's reporting the Rams would quote love to trade Matthew Stafford. Oh, <laughs> uh, he was on the Pat Maxey show. Matthew Stafford is quote fully available. <laughs> You want to know why they would love to trade Matthew Stafford? Because he makes t- a ton it's, it's of kind money. Kind of to your point about where they're at as a franchise right now, but also he's about to make like thirty-eight million dollars. The dollar amount. For I don't so believe it. 40, I don't believe 40, it. It's forty million. Hey, when it comes from a credible source, a credible source. <laughs> so, so we can talk about it. Matthew Stafford signed a, a four-year, hundred and sixty million dollar contract this year. Dusty, to your point about numbers, twenty million dollar cap hit this mm-hmm. year. Not bad this year. Next year, forty-nine and a half. Oh yeah. Twenty twenty-five. 50 and a half with 24 million in dead cap. So they're locked into that for a little bit, unless he retired. I think that's what they really would have hoped would have happened is that he got hurt last year and they would have hoped he would retire. My question is, when does the reconstruction come for Patrick Mahomes' contract? So we got into that yesterday. Because once Burrow uh, and Hurts and all those guys yeah. sign, Mahomes can go next uh, offseason. Yeah. <laughs> all right, guys. Yeah, if not late this offseason, next offseason. Because Bur- Burrow and Herbert are going to push 57 to 60 million on average per year. Also, how much do you feel that he takes the Brady route? That keeps taking less, or just because of what I, he I, makes I, in the in the. Because now then, this make make again. I get it. I say he takes the Brady route, takes less. But again, I am considered. Yeah. You're a fanboy. You know, yeah, and fanboys. You know, I can't help You're a it. Fanboy. Stop, you know, so many fanboys got to stop it. You know, it's on the like table. Sex. Um, and the thing about that is, is that <laughs> are you just playing random ones now? What's like like sex? It just says that you like sex. It You're does. a fanboy. But no, like, how much do you honestly think? Since we can have, we can wrap up this conversation with this, like, Mahomes makes so much money. And endorsements, uh-huh. and he's just getting started, right? Just to name yep. a few of the what is it the the airplane, uh, Oakley, Adidas, BioSteel, Coors Light, State Farm, Essentia, water yeah, water. like all that stuff. Like, how much does he get to the point where he's like, you know what? I really like winning, and I it just pay me respectively. I'm not asking for Burrow Herbert Hurts money 
or does he say like, honestly, guys, I think if I'm his agent after Herbert and, and Burrow get their deals and mm-hmm. I'm sitting and all of a sudden my average per year is like seventh or eighth, I got to, I want to be tough. Five. I got to knock on the door of Brad Veach at that point. But to your point, I think he'll continue to be flexible with how it's structured. Correct. He's will. And they're willing right now. We know it, and this was the genius part about how the chiefs did the deal. Oh yeah. All this talk about Lamar Jackson wanting a fully guaranteed deal and the terrible deal that Deshaun Watson got with Browns. Broke the it. Chiefs basically gave Mahomes a fully guaranteed year because a uh, uh, deal because it's 10 years and there's those rolling guarantee mechanisms that are guaranteed a year or so in advance. So after five years into the deal, it's already guaranteed for the rest of the five. So yeah. the way I look at it is the Chiefs were just really smart how they structured it. It didn't piss off all the other owners in the league because they essentially gave him a fully guaranteed contract as far as I'm concerned. And they can do it because you trust that Mahomes is going to continue to be what he is. Yeah, because what is it? This year and next year is when it gets it hits really hard. Right, like this year is like forty. Is this is this when his forty five? And then the next year is like fifty two. They can convert. Yeah, because the next year is when it's like fifty two, and it's like, well, how about you make twenty six million this year and twenty six next year, and then you can make the fifty two. Somebody says, who was that d bag Dusty and Nick talked to a couple weeks? Jason Brown, former community college coach at Independence. You're no Chuck Knoll. (laughs) That was so good. You're a fanboy. Uh, I don't mean yeah. to be disrespectful, but you're not exactly Chuck Knoll, okay? And then you he's like, coached in community college for five years. You're not exactly Chuck Knoll, okay? Oh, man. And then he's like, are you just bringing me on to insult me? And then Dusty started playing cuts of him saying that Mahomes was gimmicky and no, all that. And I said, and you hung up on him. Yeah, because I said, he says, Patrick Mahomes is in a gimmicky offense. I said, yeah, but you called him a gimmicky quarterback. And he I said, no, said he, goes, he goes, no, I said gimmick. Yeah. Gimmick, as if, by the way, <laughs> so you say there is exactly any difference that. between saying he's a gimmick quarterback or a gimmicky quarterback. Yeah. Yeah. It's like saying, I'm tired, but I'm getting tired. No, I said, I'm getting <laughs> tired. I'm not tired, but you're, you're getting <laughs> tired. Yeah. And we got tired of you, so we got, we got you off the phone. And then Whitlock hung, on him, hung up on him earlier that, that day, too, or later that day, too. All on his birthday. So, hey, Feliz Cumpleaños, Ser Jason Brown. Take a back seat. You're not exactly Chuck Noll. That's what actually got him hot. Of course it did. As soon as he said that. And like Nick. Well, he said, you coached that community college. That also probably pissed uh, him off pretty quick. Is Mahomes the next billionaire athlete? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Yep, he will be. Did Brady get to a billion? No, I don't think so. But once you factor in. Is Brady done? His broadcasting career, he'll get to that number. Um, Yeah, I do think he's done. I really do. You don't, obviously. I think something went wrong in the comeback to get Giselle. You think he just called it quits again, thinking Giselle would come back? And and I'm pretty sure we call it the three comma club. Yeah. When you become a billionaire gold. Is that what you call it? The three comma club? Because there's three commas. Is that what you call it? You don't call it the billionaire club? No. When you start playing the Boy George song? You guys never seen seen Silicon Valley? No. No. Okay. Is that show still going on? No. How many seasons did it have? Five. Oh. I thought it had two. Had five was very well received, very popular, very very popular. I you think guys I stopped watching when they just did a whole episode on Dusty like penises. loves. Dusty loves. No, they did not do a whole episode on penises. They and, did a whole episode on hand and, jobs. Get it right. And they also have that clown. What is his name? TJ. Whatever. I can't stand that guy. TJ Miller. Ugh. Okay, dude, you love TV shows about as much as anybody I know. But now all of a sudden, because you haven't seen this one, you hate it, even though you've never seen it. And they do a whole episode on jerking. So Josh Furnier's next, right? Coming up next, <laughs> we will talk some Royals baseball from Surprise, Arizona with our Royals intern Josh Vernier. We'll ask him about Jackie Bradley Jr. and uh, the lace on the health of Michael Massey.
Back here on Cody and Gold, Alex Gold, Dusty Likens, Nick Schwartz with you. We'll get to the random question of the day here in about 12 minutes or so. But let's head out to Surprise, Arizona. Our guy, Josh Vernier, our Royals insider, host of the Hot Stove Show here on Thursday night, 610 Sports Radio. What's going on, Vern? I hope, I hope you're having a chance to uh, today after a little evening baseball chance to, I don't know, just enjoy, enjoy the weather a little bit. It seemed like it was perfect yesterday there for some spring training baseball. Yeah, yeah, I... Uh... Uh, yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm all locked in, to be quite honest. Once the Royals games wrap up, I'm tuning in to whatever WBC contest is going on. So, yeah, it's baseball 24-7. Oh, so you are watching the World Baseball Classic. That's what I was wondering. A couple of Royals players today, at least for Team Italy, shined yeah. a little bit. Yeah, yeah. Nikki, a nice uh, two-strike, two-out knock back up the middle off a lefty, and then uh, a, a guy that you can go ahead and place the bet on the over. Uh, Vinny Pasquantino, uh, <laughs> the over on the batting average when it comes to Vinny. Uh, that dude's hitting 300 this season. Wow. Okay. You think 300's there for him? Yeah. I, I'd take the, I don't know what the total is, but yeah. I'd take the over on Vinny's batting average and MJ home run total. That's uh, th- Those are the two bets I feel most confident in. Okay. Locking in Vinny Pasquantino, <laughs> 40 home runs over. Didn't say that. Not okay. listening. Um, Vern, <laughs> what pitcher on this Royals roster has most to gain from the pitch clock? Uh, Daniel Lynch, Brad Keller, Josh Stallmont. If I had to pick one, I'll go with Brad Keller just because his tempo has been sensational out here uh, in camp. But but all three of those, um, uh, Stallmont to force him into a tempo so he's not out there pacing, just get up there and throw. Uh, I think he thinks too much. I know Daniel Lynch thinks too much and you kind of eliminate that when you give him 15 to 20 seconds to get a back on the hill and throw uh, and then Brad Keller it, it just doesn't as, as he told me after the game yesterday it doesn't allow negative thoughts to creep into your mind you just uh, you, you just got to get up there and attack mm-hmm. and, and and trust your game plan trust your stuff so those three names jump out to me it's only one game for Jackie Bradley Jr., but it was a nice first showing in Cactus League play in, in a Royals uniform. Where, where do you feel like he fits in? I know it's a minor league contract, big league invite, and we know they've got injuries there in center field. But how does he fit in the mix? What, what's your feel on him right now? Yeah, to me, he's uh, an insurance plan in the outfield because he, in my opinion, doesn't bring anything to this team outside of experience um, and you know, Salvi's there, Dozier's there, Lopez is there. You have experience. You don't need to bring in uh, Jackie Bradley Jr. for that, especially since after talking to him, uh, th- this guy has described his past few seasons as, he told me, I have a hate relationship with baseball. He described oh, his past wow. few seasons as miserable. <laughs> uh, if, if he's not producing, if he's not doing his job, even if the team's winning, he's not having a good time. Uh, not, not, not that he's a, a, a negative guy in the clubhouse, but – uh, he's not one of those ball players that can go 0 for 4, but hey, we won, so I'm smiling. No, he, he wants to feel more a part of the win. So it's not a knock on him um, personally, but it, but it is interesting to watch. Uh, this is a guy in, in JBJ that kind of had one foot uh, leaning towards retirement uh, with, with the kids, with the family back in Florida. He, he was uh, leaning towards maybe saying goodbye to the game. Uh, so, 
you know, you, you look at his offensive output since his um, you know 2016 season, his last full season of being an above-average big league hitter. Uh, since then, he's got an OPS plus of 79, so that's 21% worse than the average big leaguer, and it's actually the exact same OPS plus that Kyle Isbell has hmm. given uh, the big leagues in, in his career. So to me, uh, he's an insurance plan in case something happens to a Kyle Isbell, but uh, the bigger picture is uh, uh, the depth in this outfield is questionable at best. MJ Melendez, in my opinion, needs to be the left fielder every single day and stay goodbye to catching. Team's not ready to do that. Uh, so you're going to have him juggling way too much again this season. Uh, still, I, I like MJ in left. Uh, you know, I like the glove. I like the defense of Kyle Isbell in center. Uh, you know, Franmil Reyes, Edward Olivares, Nate Eaton in right field. It, it, it leaves a lot to be desired. This team needs Drew Waters to get healthy uh, and, and be that guy that has some scouts saying he's a $100 million player down the line. Uh, they need Drew Waters. In my mind, they need Nick Prado, and they need Daniel Lynch. Those are the three players that jump out to me. Those are the X, Y, and Z. If those three can meet or exceed expectations this season, this team has a chance to compete in August and September. Uh, but JBJ, uh, he's an insurance plan that, that maybe uh, I, I wouldn't bank on him taking an assignment to Omaha, so it's either make the team or else uh, he's going to be looking for a job elsewhere or just – return it home to the fam. Vern, you mentioned MJ Melendez. I thought it was interesting you, you point out you think that they should just go all in on left field and, and just yeah. leave him there. Is that just because the organization's not willing to take time away from Salvador Perez or that you just think he's not going to be a catcher long-term for this organization anyway? I look at MJ Melendez as his – the reason why he's here, and I had a conversation with Mike Sweeney about this. Sweeney, a guy that, that broke into the league as a catcher, uh, moved over to first base, hit 330, became a Royals Hall of Famer. The reason why MJ Melendez is in the big leagues and got to the big leagues so quick is, is his bat. His bat is his uh, special trait. Sure, he does other things. He's got a great eye. Um, he's a he's a young, learning uh, catcher. He still has room to grow defensively, whether it's behind the dish or in the outfield. Um, but MJ's going to have a 15-plus year career because of his bat. So let's just focus in on that bat. You know, let, let guys like Nate Eaton and Hunter Dozier, where, where their top trait is their versatility. Let, let's utilize their versatility, and let's highlight what MJ Melendez does great, and that is hit the ball. I, I need all of that extra work that he puts in behind the dish, building relationships with pitchers. I want that gone. I want him just focused on hitting a consistent 30 bombs for this team for the next five seasons. How effective can this team be on the base pass? We've seen the numbers uh, kind of indicate that they're, they're moving upwards quickly when it comes to stolen bases. Bobby Wood Jr., uh, who is probably the, the front leader in the, in the clubhouse at that, I know his over-under is something I'll be – keeping an eye on here in the next couple of weeks, but how does this team kind of get back to that style of play where they're just quicker than you, they know it, and they put guys in position to score and, and maybe not hit the three-run bomb that, that that new age baseball has kind of turned to, but kind of get back to those roots that kind of keep the Royals where they're at? Yeah, well, I don't know if the pitching is good enough to be a pitching, uh, base-running, defense kind of team. They, they need Vinny to hit 20. They need Bobby to hit 20. They need MJ and Salvi to hit 25 or more. They, they need to run into those 
three-run home runs because thinking that you can string together four or five singles in a row, the whole keep the line moving, man, a lot has changed since 2014 and 15 as far as the monsters that are now coming out of the bullpen. Uh, but uh, honestly, the, the bigger base paths to me just brings the rest of Major League Baseball closer to where the Royals have been for the past few seasons. Mm. Uh, Michael Massey can run. I think MJ Melendez has a chance to rip double-digit bags. Uh, this season. And one other note about him, uh, why I want him in left field each and every day, you know, what what the organization says of of why they're they're keeping MJ behind the dish is, uh, you know, Salvi, over the past few seasons, you can almost bank on him missing a a week or or two weeks. Even in the season he played 161, he couldn't see out of one eye for a week. Um, (laughs) True. But but to me, uh, instead of keeping your 25-year-old masher uh, you know, juggling left field, right field, catcher, and, you know, being the leadoff hitter at the number two hitter, uh, just go get a better backup catcher. Uh, you know, uh, keeping MJ doing all this extra work in case Salby goes down, man. Uh, I don't want a 25-year-old future superstar as an insurance policy. You, you go sign one uh, in free agency this offseason. So I think they, they, they screwed up there. But, Dusty, to your point about the stolen bases, yeah, I, I think they'll – uh, get back to uh, what we're accustomed to, and I think a lot of that is just these young guys getting more comfortable. MJ, Massey, uh, Drew Waters maybe didn't steal as many bags last season at the big league level as they're capable of because they didn't want to make a mistake. We all know the tense clubhouse or how the veterans uh, didn't really allow the young players to spread their wings. Uh, th- that 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 translated onto the field. I think you saw some reticence from a lot of the young guys, both utilizing their voices and utilizing their legs on the base paths because they were afraid of the backlash. We're 13 games in now, I guess, to uh, to Cactus League play. Is there any, whether it's a quote-unquote position battle, specifically talking about second base, is there anything that has changed in your mind uh, heading into the, the season based on 13 games? No. Going into spring, it was clear that the organization wanted Michael Massey to win that job, and he's done nothing to hurt his case to win. You know, five out of every seven games, Michael Massey's the guy at second base. Now, that, that's not to knock Nicky Lopez, who I just mentioned had a big hit earlier today and uh, you know, it is a asset. Uh, I, I do wonder, though, with, with Nicky, if indeed it's uh, Michael Massey five out of every seven games at second base and Hunter Dozier five out of every six games at, at third base, if Nicky does become relegated to a bench player, um, how does he handle that? Does, mm-hmm. does he – and not to knock him, but, but, but last season, uh, things that weren't in his control, he allowed them to uh, affect him on the field, whether it was uh, the coaching staff, the, the other vets in the clubhouse, his own arbitration case. Things outside of between those white lines really got to Nicky last year, and I imagine, and I hope it doesn't happen, but if he's getting few at-bats, he's going to be squeezing it pretty tight when he's up there thinking, if I don't get a knock here, I'm not going to be in the lineup last or, or in tomorrow's game because uh, that's what happened to him last year. I hope that doesn't happen again this year. Uh, if it does, uh, you know, he might be one of those guys uh, playing their final season in Kansas City. To pay homage to the news earlier this week with Lorenzo Cain uh, going to retirement, and you're always calling him the straw that stirs the drink. Vern, who is the straw that stirs the, the drink this year for the Kansas City Royals? Mm. Um, I know you like that. I do like that. 
Well, it's got to be Bobby. Yeah. yeah, it has to be Bobby. I'm trying to think of something clever. No, it's the best player. It's it's Bobby Witt Jr. He's he's got to be out there and be a plus defender at shortstop. That's the whole reason they brought in Jose Aguasil as the new infield coach. You know, we could talk about Dozier at third or Massey at second. He's here to make Bobby Witt Jr. an above average defensive shortstop. And then, yeah, 20 plus home runs, 30 plus stolen bases, a little bit better eye at the dish. Um, you know, that, that coupled with the voice of Vinny Pasquantino. Uh, I, I would say the voice of Vinny Pasquantino and the output of Bobby Witt Jr., those are the straws that stir the drink because they need a standard set in that clubhouse, a, um, a, a voice to hold everyone accountable. Uh, Vinny has a, uh, a strong voice. He's going to produce out there on the field, with all, which also makes it easier for you to have a strong voice in the clubhouse. And I think he also knows... Uh, uh, Vinny has tact. He, he knows how to go about it. He's not going to upset teammates when holding them accountable. So Vinny's voice and Bobby's play are the straws that stir the drink. And the follow-up here is what is Vern's favorite Lorenzo Cain moment in Royals history? It's got to be 2014 against Detroit. Victor Martinez trying to buddy him up at first base, and he said, man, you know, shut the blank up. We're, 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 tired. <laughs> we're, we're, we're tired of getting pushed around. We're, we're not friends. Uh, we're, we're here to take what you have, and that is the division crown, and uh, we all know what happened after that. So, yeah, th- that moment between Victor Martinez and Lorenzo Cain at first base, that's my favorite low Cain moment. There you go. That's Josh uh, Josh Vernier, our Royals insider. And I don't know if they choked up. I'm getting, oh, I'm getting I know, really man. choked up. It's emotional. I, it's, it's that, and I'm getting choked up because they're about to be Cactus League champs, Vern. They're about to be Cactus League champs. I also think champs. it's the Curb episode incident where he might have something in his throat. I do have something. Uh, it would be my fourth <laughs> Cactus League championship covering this team. Look at you. Oh, None of them were in the years where they were good. Dynasty. So Mahomes, man. Dynasty. I need a Cactus League champ t-shirt, Vern, before you they come don't back. Make them. They don't have them. Someone's got to make them. Make one yourself. Someone's got to make them. Thank you, Vern. Nick can do it. There you go. It's Josh Vernier, Royals Insider. Uh, Of course, Vern's Hot Stove Show, normally on Thursday nights, but we do have some K-State basketball uh, this evening. Sadate, man. But they're going to they're gonna win the Cactus League again. And, yes, it doesn't have any correlation to the regular season. So you're taking over 69 and a half wins this year for I Vegas? Will. Here, there's a couple reasons why I will. Well, it might go up if you don't Here, do it now. So there's a couple reasons why. One, it's just flat out not any fun to root against them getting to 70 wins all year long. Like mm-hmm. that, You think I wanted the last month of the season be like, man, they better only win five. Like, yeah. that's not any fun. The other part it is, is I, actually, I, if you're I, twisted. I do think they get to, like, 71. So you'll take it. Yeah. You will take it? The over, yes. Yeah. How what much are you? you willing to wager on it? Oh, I won't put much because it's an even money bet. Basically, it's a minus 110 bet. Uh, okay. You know what I'm saying? Like, yeah, it's not, you, like they're 50 to 1 to win the AL Central, for example. Like, you can throw five bucks on that and be like, okay, fine, whatever. I think their money is like to finish third in the AL Central is like plus 500. Yeah, uh, yeah, yeah. I think that you can do the order of finish. So, yeah, sounds about right. Because 50 fourth, to 1 to win the whole thing. The, yeah, the, that's not division. Um, But, man, if Chicago's bad. Cleveland, mm. Cleveland's the favorite, right? They're like plus 140 to win the whole AL Central. I like that, though, that comment he made about how, like, the bases just kind of give everybody yeah. else the equal thing when it comes to, to running the base pass. But I also like the fact that he's – because I did hear last night Zumwalt, the batting coach or the hitting coach, said that they treat the uh, batting cage like a Vegas buffet. We'll do – you can have whatever you want. They close a lot of those down, though. I know. Well, trust me, I know. I just got back <laughs> from Vegas a right. couple months ago, and I was like, oh, man, no buffets. Yeah. Like, all right, whatever. Mm-hmm. Which, those were the only buffets I'd ever eat at. I went to a, Cor- I went to yeah. a Golden Corral once when I was seven. The guy was cutting the prime rib sweat on it. I only ate the soft uh... serve. I put my plate there, and I was like, I'm good. 
Yeah, the Vegas buffets was were the buffets you would absolutely. Go oh, we to. went to the real one, and I was like, "Wait, this is just sushi." They're like, "Yeah, everything else is down there." And I was like, "I don't need to go anywhere else." Like, I was like, <laughs> "Yeah, put, unfortunately, put right here. unfortunately, COVID changed some of that stuff." Three years ago, this Saturday. Yeah, crazy. All right, let's get to the random question of the day. Random question. Okay. I, I was going to bring up Nick just now. I was upset with Twitter. He just sent out a very scathing tweet towards all of Twitter. So excuse get, me. You did. I, all of Twitter. He said, shout out to the Twitter mm. and message board sleuths. Thank you for spending all morning clout chasing by sharing every piece of info you've heard about Bill Self's health. You're doing important work and fans won't soon forget. Very passive aggressive. I think that's, that is. Oh, by the way, I don't, I don't I'm disagree. Being thankful. I'm being thankful. What are you talking about? I'm, no, 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 I am no, no. spreading I, my very, thanks. Very passive aggressive, but I don't disagree with you. Uh, that when it comes to someone's health, you don't need to try to be first tweeting it out. So I, I'm, I agree with you there, what you're saying or what you meant to be saying. I don't appreciate you, you know, <laughs> putting words or feelings or innuendo oh, you know, into we, what we, I'm we, saying. We know, Join Nick. the club. I we choose know. my dude. I you've been doing 10 this 05 all day. To 10, 10. Yeah, you've been doing this all day. Oh, no, 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 no. Why Everybody, don't you just take what we say at face value? Because I know Nick better to know that his tweet was not actually him saying that. We're he not here to talk thinking. about me. We're here to talk about what you did to Dusty this morning, mm, which no, was what my friend Dusty. Yeah. Oh, where he thought I he even though he I can go back and, and play even though I think he said what I was saying yeah that thing hmm. that's weird. How about somebody for a quad bogey on seventeen? Ooh. Who is it? Ah, some Kraft. no name. Some Kelly, Kelly Kraft. Kraft is definitely not making the cut. He's eight plus overall. eight. Well, he just got a seven on a three. <laughs> he just got half his strokes on one hole. He's, By the way, uh, KU plus two thirty right now to win the uh, entire tournament. So they're still favorites. Or, I'm sorry, Big Twelve tournament. Yeah, they're still I know favorites. You, I know what you meant. Plus yeah, yeah. two thirty. Texas plus three ten, Baylor plus four thirty. Oh, your money up eight, baby. Your your money is on the Emaw Cats plus nine hundred. Let's go. I think there is good value for case ten we'll, bucks we'll, we'll to win ninety. Uh, yeah, we'll, no we'll, Eddie Lampkin. We'll, no, oh, we will. Yeah. Uh, kind of looks like Drewski, we, doesn't we he? We will talk more Big Twelve tournament yeah. in ten minutes or so. But the random question of the day is pretty simple. There is a company that's going to do a three year cruise. Mm-hmm. You visit one hundred and thirty five countries, I'm out. seven continents. Yeah, are you in or out? Let's say money's not the problem. It's thirty thousand a year. Let's say you have the money to do it. It starts in Istanbul in November, sailings, including food, accommodations, 30000 a year, but uh, 375 ports, 135 countries. If you didn't have to worry about losing your job and money wasn't a problem, would you be interested? No. That's too damn long on a boat. Not only that, but my, one of my good friends went on a cruise, and he said they're just on your, you're on their time. So, and, like, if they port... Right. You, right, you're stuck there for X amount of hours. Yeah, you, you you better get back, or they do leave you. And he and his girl were were getting busy down down like on the beach. Just you know, you're in a different country. Bucket list for some people is different. Like me, it's Bruce Springsteen, Masters, and Fenway or Wrigley. <laughs> Theirs was sand sex in a different country. They missed the boat. And then what happened? What happens if you you have to fly? Just fly out. Of I that didn't country follow up after that. I asked more questions about, about the, what they were doing about the sex. Yes, isn't and, that why it's called missing the boat? Yeah, like you missed the boat. I don't think so. But also, but this yeah. kind of sounds like this was totally. Missed the boat means you sold out. I think it feels like th- this is totally on your buddy. Yes. Oh yeah, no, like, for sure. I, I, I wasn't sad anything wrong. But he was like so disappointed, man. Like you know, he was. He goes, I didn't think they leave us. I said, Oh, so you went longer on purpose. He said, no, we just walked back at our own pace, and the boat was gone. 
Oh, I would. I mean, how and then I've heard horror stories about how like you can like spend money that you didn't know you were spending, and you get like a tab at the end. They're like, "Here you go, man." Like, so, not everything's all inclusive. I wanted to go on a cruise, but I'll be honest. And this has nothing to do with like, oh, stop being fearful of COVID and all that. But after seeing how you were, these people were trapped on a boat, right? During it, it has nothing to do with that. But like, just the idea if there was ever another pandemic or something, Nick or, and, and Dusty, like you would be stuck on the boat. They weren't letting people off the boat. That's what I. That was would be. brutal. That's, like, the, that's actually where my mind goes. Yeah, is just mine is stuck. Titanic. If I'm being real, I go all the way back to 1912. When Hitting that thing, an iceberg specifically? Yeah. I mean, I don't know what we're hitting. We're going to 162 countries. I don't want to be on a boat for that long because the, the odds are not in my favor. I think in general, my fear is being stranded at sea. That's one of like top, uh, the top three fear. Well, that's basically what happened. I mean, like, I guess they got a port when these yeah. people were stuck not on Not necessarily but. in a big ship like that. I'm talking about being on like a raft or something. Oh, well, or like a smaller boat. Like, yeah. Or like Mark Wahlberg in the perfect storm. You're just out there in uh, hurricane. Dude, just, that is so terrible. That is terrifying. That would be, I would just start swallowing water until I was dead. I'm, I'm not even kidding. I would just drown myself. <laughs> dude, we could just I'm drop the, middle, the anchor on your if, head. First yeah. off, you're not in just one hurricane. You're in the middle of three. Yeah. Um, and then to top that all off, there's like God knows what swimming underneath you, like a lake. I'm sure there's a carp trying to suck toes, which is fine because it just will hurt for a little bit. That's a good movie. Shark, George Clooney. It's not a good movie, but it's it's just it's a I true story, a and movie. I cried but when that's I saw like it. The, that'd be the worst way to go. I mean, middle of a hurricane that's called the perfect storm. You're just out there, nobody around. All your friends are submerged underwater, and Gone. it's like pitch. It's pitch black. And dark. George Clooney lied to you. He said, I'm, I'm going to come up with you. Hang on. And then he just, no. Hero. I mean, that would just suck, So there's dude. no future Cody and Gold Cruise with listeners? Is that what you're saying? Absolutely. I mean, okay. it can be a Cody and Gold, <laughs> specifically. But I'm talking Cody about and Gold. show. And, uh, Cody, Gold, and Dusty. Somebody says the casino is on boats. You can smoke cigarettes and chill. Yeah, a lot of them have a casino on the cruise. You better believe I'd become a chain smoker if that thing got straight <laughs> in the middle the of When was the last time you ripped one? Dart? Yeah. Oh, man. I don't know. Two weekends ago? I feel like we ask you this every time you're on. Well, we're always curious. It yeah. just depends. Like, it, it's because it, you have the smoker sound. It just depends. Well, <laughs> I guess so do you. Well, yeah, we both do because we sound the same. Yeah. No, I mean, I don't know. Like, every once in a while, you know, the, the night ends at, like, midnight at the bar. and A couple people walk back to the patio and somebody has a dart and I'll, I'll fire it up with a glass so of bourbon. it's when you're mm-hmm. drinking, really. Always. And I've heard that. A lot of people are just Like, drinking. I'm not going to leave the show, crack the window down to about a quarter inch and rip a, <laughs> rip a parliament light. <laughs> Parliament light. But if somebody throws one of them extended filter cigs on my lap at 1230 on a Saturday night, like we do a pub crawl, look out. I'll turn into Gold, Can we ever get fan. you to rip one, man? No. Oh, I bet I could. No. Oh, yeah, I think he could. If, I, I, if, if so. Gold went to my buddy's no. Ozark's house, no. 100% you'd have a dart. Not a cig, no. Cause I, I would see it. Won't do cigs. Because I would make a fake bet that we would both cash in on. I'd be like, hey, these guys think that you're a tight ass that would never touch a cig. I'll yeah, make but a when bet. it comes to that, like that, that, that the pressure of that, that's, that's, you don't that's even have not, to inhale it. that's not my thing. I don't, I don't have to worry what about, about that. What about a stick? Inhale like a it. It's a cigarette. Would you smoke a cigar? Yeah. You don't inhale those or you'll pass well, out. Yeah. That's yeah. That would not be a good decision. Cigar is one thing. I don't even do that very often. What about cigarweed? No. Okay. He's a good boy. Just gummies. Ooh. You know, they have nighttime ones that'll just put you out. Yeah. Like melatonin, mm-hmm. CBD and THC. Socks, you better take your socks off quick. Ambient. 
that's a little strong. <laughs> you may not wake it. Straight to the ambient. I have an crazy. Nick may not make it into the show tomorrow if he pops one of those. I have a crazy ambient story. Okay. Well, now you're going to have to tell it on the air in the next segment. Okay. We're going to get that crazy story. We're going to talk some more college hoops. The breaking news earlier today. It's already 1 o'clock. And it is the 1 o'clock hour on Cody and Gold. You're listening to Cody and Gold. 